Greetings, folks. Welcome to our Finishing Well podcast. If you're 65 or older, we welcome you as a part of our senior generation. And if you are younger than 65, guess what? You're welcome as well. We feel that older or younger is not relevant or is irrelevant to the point we are trying to make. And that is that in our podcast, we discuss how all can live their lives and finish their lives well and with purpose. I'm Randy Hess, and I'm pleased to be here today with my good buddy, Hal Habaker, the founder of Finishing Well Ministries. Hal, we've been talking about a lot of things this week. What are we talking about uh, today? Well, today, Randy, uh, we want to talk about spiritual gifts and spiritual giftedness in the sense that we have gifts spiritual gifts that are given to us by the Holy Spirit for our own joy and for giving God's giftedness away. And we just finished in our previous podcast talking about the natural giftedness, you know, your mm-hmm. body, your strengths, mm-hmm. your whatever abilities God has entrusted to you, your personality. But In this session, we want to come at it from a different track because I think God gives Christians a unique spiritual gift or combination of gifts, you know, to be used in the building up of the body of Christ and for ourselves. I mean, that's the subject I want we want to address at this hour. And I think it'll be a great one for finishing well, Hal. It'll be helpful. And uh, I'm glad we're getting into it a little bit. Um, and I know you're one of the things that we can do is know what the Lord is telling us about this. We have scripture that tells us and confirms and and fortifies and and gives us some security in the fact that we have spiritual gifts. You're exactly right. Now, I don't want to go through the list of those. I mean, we can read those. One of my favorite lists uh, is Romans 12. 3 through 13, where Paul enumerates a series of gifts. Mm-hmm. Paul does the same thing in 1 Corinthians. 1 Peter has a list. And God gives us those gifts through the Holy Spirit. But they are used for a purpose. There are two purposes in spiritual gifts. Number one, through them, I think God wants to help you understand how he wants to use you and what this gift means to you. Uh, For example, if I were to read Romans 12, for through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to live and have sound judgment as God has allowed to each of us a measure of faith. So God gives you a gift to use It is not only for your joy, although it is for that. And by the way, that's why Paul says, (laughs) don't think you're any better than anybody else because of the gift you have. It's to be used for who you are, what God wants to do through your life. You're not to get exalted about it. It's just a gift. God gives it to you, and he wants you to use it for him. Don't prop yourself up and say, hey, look at my gift. No. You have a gift. Use it to encourage others. It makes all the difference in the world. And then the other thing I would say, you know, and where Paul 
deals with this in Ephesians 4, uh, until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Gifts are given to help us create a stronger bond of unity with others. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up into all aspects into him who is the head. We're all uniquely intertwined together through the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ. So as we each use our giftedness in the sense that God gave it to us to enjoy life, we also do that to help others be all that we all can be together. And you know, I, the, 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 the thing that's really powerful to me on this, Randy, is that this process never stops. You know, I was a kid when I trusted Christ. Here I am at 72. These spiritual gifts and their purposes are as relevant and real in our 70s, our 80s, our 90s, or whatever age we're living, because God has given them for those purposes, and we are always using them. Does it make sense? It does. It makes all the sense in the world. It's, to me, how it's a tremendous sense of encouragement uh, for people to know that God has given me gifts. God has given me gifts. That should be encouraging. I should be grateful for that. If I don't know what exactly what they are yet, um, when, when that aha comes, I'll be doubly grateful, and I'll feel a new sense of encouragement. But I, knowing that I have, that God has given me something beyond saving my life, beyond making me an adopted son, God has given me something else, is very encouraging. And in the finishing well world, I want to enter that world with a, a really a heart of gratefulness that I'm able to sit and talk and think and uh, contemplate uh, that I have things to offer other people, that I have something that they would be able to either use or that they would be able to, that would lift their spirits. In some way, that's important for me to know, and I'm very appreciative of that. I may not know exactly what I do, but I, I know that that point alone is encouraging. We could maybe use some examples in this, Randy. Uh, let, let's suppose a person has the gift of showing mercy, identifying with other people in the hardships that they're going through in life. Now, you start to think about the aging years, the losses we may accumulate in life, you know, the loss of spouse, the loss of children, the loss of physical mobility, you know, a lot of different kinds of hardships. So what does the gift of mercy mean in that kind of context? Mm. You know, there, there is no, no end. It means everything. It means everything to the person. Who is receiving it means everything. But the gift of encouragement. Mm -hmm. You know, we all need encouragement in life. The gift of instructing or teaching 
You know, it's one of the gifts I think God has entrusted to me. And that doesn't always mean you're standing up in front of a group of people opening the scriptures and teaching what the Bible says, like I do in a Sunday school class or a sermon or a six essentials lesson or what, whatever. But it means I have a heart to get inside of people and help them discover for themselves who God is and what he wants them to become or keep becoming in their life. So there's nothing more critical in the aging years than somebody coming alongside of you and just encouraging you, helping you to realize that God has a purpose in these days, these years, you know, and we we retire. And many times before we retire, our meaning comes from what we do in life, from our work, et cetera, et cetera, who we're related to. And then all of that's taken away. Like I was in a session uh, earlier this week again, and somebody said, you know, when I, before I retired, I had all the people at work around me. I had all the energy of all the people who I worked with. And then I retired and I didn't have that energy around me anymore. And I felt this vacuum in my life. So we're reaching a new level, a new experience in our retirement years. And God gives us spiritual gifts to encourage each other in those new experiences that we've never had before. Exactly. And, you know, you mentioned teaching, and I think teaching occurs in all sorts of settings and all sorts of ways. It's not about standing up in front of a group necessarily. It's about how you um, answer questions along the way or make suggestions along the way. Or as you said, how listen and uh, in, indicate that you you have an understanding of what that other party is conveying to you or is going through. That means a lot to people, and that is, in a sense, teaching. It's it's teaching how the Holy Spirit, in a way, is governing you. It's teaching. You know, I don't want to puff anybody up here, but for the finishing well crowd that is over sixty five. It's in a way saying that, think about it this way. Uh, You may not feel that you are very um, critical or observed or important uh, to a large body of people, but you are a model. You're a role model to somebody. You're a role model maybe to several people, whether you know it or not. And just by your existence, how you conduct yourself, what do you say to others? What do you say in times of stress and trouble? You're a role model and you are teaching. So in a sense, we're all teachers, Hal, uh, whether we think so or not. Well, I have a friend here in Dallas, Gene Getz, a pastor all of his life. He, he has said, even though we each have gifts, every one of us must do what all the gifts are. You know, for example, if you have the gift of giving, we're all expected to give. Some people have the gift of giving more, you might say, or a better understanding of how you give your life away financially. But every one of us are expected to give to support the kingdom of God. 
So every one of us has a gift of presence through whom and those relationships, God's gifts are magnified and come to the surface. So becoming aware of what your gift is, is only the first step, but we are all to be a part of that gifted exchange in the body of Christ. And I can't think of anything more dynamic. You know, we think, well, we are blessed by gifts. And we, I think Gene Getz and others have advised us to give back according to how you're blessed. And if you have been blessed, you, you're, one of your follow-on thoughts is thank you for that blessing you've given me. How can I give back? You give back by giving away. That's what I mean. How can I give back? I give away what I know is a gift. And through your giftedness, you enjoy what God has given you, but he's given it to you again for a purpose to make a difference in somebody else's life. I think it works in all of our relationships. You, you know, yeah. how do you teach in your family? Well, I think one of the ways you teach, if you have the gift of teaching, uh, is by listening to people. You know, I think about this in Jesus' life. Jesus listened for 30 years before he ever opened his mouth in teaching. You know, the gift of presence, the gift of being with people. He came to show us the Father's love, not just to teach us about it, but he gave his life of way. And then he actually taught us and modeled it for us. But I think that's true in all gifts, the gift of showing mercy, the gift of encouragement, the gift of leadership, the gift of administration, whatever it is, everybody has something of what God has for them to build into the body of Christ. Now, you've called that the ministry of presence, haven't you, How I, I have, yes. Presence, P-R-E-S-C-E-N-S-E? -E -E? Not Christmas <laughs> presence. Yes, yes. But not S-E-N-T-S. All right, so I get it. The point is, though, that if we are present with people, we are paying attention, aren't we? And we're listening. And we are tuning in, and we're able to maybe respond in a way that gives that other party, our parties maybe, uh, something that encourages them. And that alone, that gift alone is so powerful and such a part of, in our, in our lingo, being on the field for finishing well, being on the playing field. We all have a role. And, you know, we put this in the context of our culture that kind of marginalizes aging people. But the culture may marginalize us as aging people, but the culture doesn't marginalize our giftedness. Now, it may, as I feel more isolated, you know, I may be discouraged in using my giftedness. I may, be, I may feel more isolated, and I may be more isolated because of the lack of mobility or the lack of eyesight or any other number of things that happened to me in my aging years. But the Holy Spirit still wants me to use my giftedness in reaching out as opposed to the barriers that are created in our aging years that keep us from doing that the way we would have done it 20 years ago, maybe. 
And I think that's part of the the joy of finishing well, stirring each other up. Uh, Hebrews 10, 24, not, you know, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the habit of the aging years, you might say, but provoking each other and encouraging each other all the more as we see the day drawing near. So as we age, we, we are compelled to continue to use our lives to reach other people, even though our physical realities and the world around us is trying to conform us to a different way of living. So God wants us to be involved. And, you know, here I think of the community of a church. You know, many times I think in our culture, aging people are marginalized, and that's true in a, in a community of believers as well. You know, church may be focused on reaching young people, and older people may feel more marginalized than ever before, even in the church, which brings people together. So that 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 focuses on the ministry of finishing well, because we think older people in a congregation ought to be an example of men and women, all of us who are using our spiritual giftedness even into our aging years to encourage younger people, to show them an example of what God can do through our lives, even though we have lots of challenges, and to be a bright and shining light, to be a convoy of saints moving and living in the body of Christ as never before. They don't always feel that warmth. (laughs) They don't feel the love necessarily in church, uh, in many churches in many churches, because that's not where the emphasis is. It's not there. And uh, so they get a message that says, I've just got to go park myself somewhere and get out of the way and watch. I I think of a, a simple verse like Matthew 5, 16, I think it is, where Jesus says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So I think about that verse, and you ask yourself the question, does that verse apply to the aging years? Does that verse apply to people in their 80s, men and women, you know, who have served Christ all their lives? Is that the group of people Jesus has in mind? (laughs) Well, doesn't he have every age group of his disciples in mind when he says that? So you think about that in the context of aging people. Aging people, Jesus has in mind and says to them, let your light so shine as aging people in such a way that people will see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So we all, as we age or at any age we are presently living, we are exhilarated by the spiritual gifts God has given to each one of us to give away, and we don't ever stop doing that. That's right. I know sometimes I come across a certain way, Hal, uh, in talking about this. And I know we're about ready to wrap up, so I won't go very far. But it almost sounds like I'm preaching senior active activism or something. You know, senior um, uh, getting in people's faces and and uh, telling them. You know, you don't respect me enough. You don't honor me enough. And that's, that's really not what we're saying at all. But we are saying that you have to be ready as a senior person if you see an opportunity. You have to be ready. 
You have to be ready in your church if there's a potential one. And I don't, you know, I don't know if it's going to take people marching down the aisle with a sign. All the seniors in the church get up in front someday with signs that say, pay attention to me. Silently say that and then walk away. But something like that is our activism, which is just be ready. Be ready. Be ready for the Holy Spirit to call you. Be ready for those opportunities that might come your way that that are close enough to your gift. Close enough that you can jump in and, and polish it a little bit, polish some skills, polish whatever, and, and help somebody else out. That's what I think I'd like to see finishing well as, a, as an idea in your mind about just uh, being available. You talk about that a lot, Hal. We got to be available. You know, the people who have marked my life, Randy, are men and women who have modeled this in their aging years. I, I just mentioned one in closing Vernon Grounds, president of Denver Seminary, the emeritus president of Denver Seminary, into his early 90s before he lost his health and died at the age of 95. In his early 90s, he was still seeking to give his life away to as many people as he could. He just wanted to be a servant and encourage others with the abilities and experiences God has given him. And to that end, I pray that we all will live as much as possible. Let's give our lives away through our spiritual giftedness and everything he has wired into our lives. So that's the impact of Finishing Well Ministries, fulfilling God's plan for us in our aging years, and that is to use our gifts for him as long as we live. So uh, I hope this has been helpful to you. If you've listened to this, use it in your own life. Ask yourself, what does God want to do through my spiritual gifts in these years in which I am presently living? Because he wants me to build into the lives of others and encourage them. So thanks, Randy, for doing this with me. It's been fun. Thank you. Uh, you can find more podcasts at finishingwellministries.org forward slash podcast or go to your podcast carrier and you'll find Finishing Well. And we hope it's an encouragement to you and may God bless you and let's keep living for him at whatever age we are. God bless you. <music>